0: Welcome back to Season 10 of the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast, where we connect the science-based evidence behind social and emotional learning that's finally being taught in our schools today, and emotional intelligence training used in our modern workplaces for improved well-being, achievement, productivity, and results, using what I saw as the missing link, the application of practical neuroscience. I'm Andrea Samadhi, an author and an educator with a passion for learning, and launched this podcast five years ago with the goal of bringing all the leading experts together in one place to uncover the most current research that would back up how the brain learns best, taking us to all new and often unimaginable heights. Welcome back. For those who tune in each week, you might have noticed this was the first time we've taken a break with this podcast since we launched. It's always been important for me to produce content every week, but this past month, we traveled to some places where there wasn't always internet, so I decided it would be a good time to take a break and think about where we began with this podcast and where we're going, creating a clear vision moving forward and putting our season theme of part two, going back to the basics, into practice. If you look at the image in the show notes, you can see where the vision for this podcast began. We made a connection with the six social and emotional learning competencies that you'll be familiar with if you're in the field of education or if you're paying attention to the research. These competencies include growth mindset, responsible decision-making, self-awareness, social awareness, self-regulation, and developing relationships, and hundreds of research studies have confirmed positive outcomes for our next generation of students, adults, and even communities who implement these competencies. Now, instead of covering social and emotional learning topics only for this podcast, That I began to see publishers cover more thoroughly than I could on my own, using their research to prove efficacy. So I decided to connect what I saw as the missing link for health, well being, productivity, and achievement on this podcast. And that's the understanding of our brain that I call Neuroscience 101. Now, reflecting back on almost 300 episodes written, recorded and produced from June 2019 to today, it's easy to notice the growth that's unfolded along the way. And I share some of these ideas on episode 279, where I talked about the lessons we've learned after we hit that 300,000 download mile marker. And then we covered the top 10 all-time most listened to episodes on the podcast. And I can't miss out on episode 233 where we covered the top 12 YouTube interviews as chosen by you. So these are all good episodes to review. Now, in addition to the growth noticed over the years from the feedback that you, the listener, would send me, I also noticed a shift with the content in our interviews over the seasons. In our early interviews, we were introduced to books, ideas, and strategies that would orient us to the understanding of the brain and help us to break down topics like improving student success that we learned with Dr. John Dolosky's research, or trauma in our schools that we saw with Dr. Bruce Perry and his book, What Happened to You?, or even Dr. Dan Siegel on the benefits of a meditation practice. We moved through the research, season by season, covering the topics I thought would help us to gain a better understanding of this mind-brain-body connection. Then the focus turned towards health and wellness around 2020, which was an unexpected turn for me, but one that made a huge impact on me personally, allowing me to test certain products, like the Fisher-Wallace Brain Stimulator or the WHOOP Fitness Tracker, even take a visit to Dr. Daniel Lehman's clinics for a SPECT image brain scan, and even learning how to improve our heart rate variability with the LEAF wearable HRV device. While producing these episodes, I was implementing these ideas myself, and oftentimes along with my family members, for improved results. You can click on the link in the show notes and scan through the episodes from the homepage of the website, and also read through the season descriptions. You'll see that while our first nine seasons were focused on orienting ourselves to the basics of neuroscience, season 10, and moving forward, I'd like to narrow our focus to improve mental and physical health, building on the top health staples, to understanding our consciousness and our identity, and help us to become crystal clear about who we are, why we're here, and what legacy we want to leave for others. You'll see the guests we have coming up will drive our understanding with these topics forward, hopefully helping us to become better versions of ourselves with the idea that when we arrive to where we want to go personally and professionally, that we next create a plan for the legacy we'd like to leave behind to help others. So for today's episode number 291, we're going to pick up where we left off with our last episode, where we dove into Stanford professor and neuroscientist David Eagleman's work. So let's go back to where we left off the end of May with episode 290 and dive into today's episode on unleashing the power of our subconscious mind. In chapter one of David Eagleman's The Brain, The Story of You, He explains how our identity is a moving target. He says, who you are depends on where you've been. Your brain is a relentless shapeshifter, constantly rewiring its own circuitry. And because your experiences are unique, so are the vast detailed patterns in your neural networks. Because they continue to change your whole life, your identity is a moving target. It never reaches an endpoint. In our last episode, we also uncovered from David Eagleman's work that the conscious mind, the part you think of as you, is really the smallest part of what's happening in your brain, making me take a look at the graphic on the levels of awareness that I created after reading an article. It was called The Easy Problems of Consciousness from National Geographic. If you look all the way to the right of the graphic at the Fully Aware column, That's like the 10% of the tip of the iceberg that we can see and it consists of our ability to think. To truly discover who we are, we need to dive into the depths of our subconscious mind under the surface of the water to learn and explore more about that 90% of us and peel back those layers of who we truly are. And we'll find these answers by diving deep into our subconscious mind. Now you'll notice we'll be spending more time moving forward, looking at ways we can improve these levels of awareness so we can take this knowledge to eventually help others after we improve ourselves. This will be the key to building a strong legacy that will exist long after you move from this physical plane that we call Earth. And if we want to improve our own results in this process, We've got to open up the keyhole to our levels of awareness. Imagine a tiny dot expanding as your mind expands. Or instead of peeking through that tiny keyhole in a doorway that you want opened, blast open your mind and kick the whole door down instead. Or forget about the door and break a window to gain entry into this new awareness that you'd like to achieve. This all begins by understanding who we are. We're not just our name. And we can expand ourselves even further as we learn how to use this marvelous power of our mind that J.B. Ryan from Duke University would say is the greatest power of all creation. Now, as you're listening to this, doesn't it make you want to just knock down some doors and blast through some of your subconscious blocks? Things that you're aware of that hold you back from where you know you're supposed to be. These are only your conscious blocks. Like I've heard people say they are aware that they want to stop self-sabotaging with their health or their relationships. And these are some parts of us that we're consciously aware of, but other blocks might take some time to reveal themselves. Now it just blows my mind that something so powerful, our subconscious mind, or all that exists below the water level of that iceberg photo that controls so much of who we are is not taught to us in school. And it's here I think some of the previous work and study I did in the seminar industry can help us to understand what David Eagleman was talking about in his book, The Brain, when he said that the conscious mind is the smallest part of what's happening in your brain. This idea was at the heart of every seminar I've ever attended. If we really want to understand who we are and be in control of where we're going, understanding that 90% of us, where our beliefs, our creativity, our creativity, Our emotions, our habits, our intuition, and our values all exist. It's crucial if we want to be in control of the future that we want to create. So let's go back to the basics. If we go back to our Think and Grow Rich book study that we covered at the start of 2022, Napoleon Hill wrote a whole chapter on the subconscious mind. It was chapter 13, and we covered this on episode 195. And he then reminds us to reread chapter four on auto-suggestion, which is the medium that influences the subconscious mind. Now, this book was first written in 1937, showing us how far this concept goes back. And since this time, there are many others who cover this topic just as thoroughly as Napoleon Hill, like author Brian Tracy who explains why this understanding is important on his blog. He writes about it in his books and talks about it in all of his seminars that he conducted. Tracy shares that since your subconscious mind has such a great amount of control over your positive and negative behaviors, the key is to train your brain to produce more positive behaviors. And if you've ever read Brian Tracy's work, you'll know it's all centered around productivity and success. The subconscious mind and how to take control of it runs at the heart of his message. Now, in my early days of working in the seminar industry and learning from the top speakers around the world, I saw this concept wasn't new. I was even given a box full of material to study, joining many prominent people in the fields of science or the arts who studied the material that I was given on kind of like an invitation-only method. I read the same words that visionaries like Francis Bacon, Rene Descartes, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, or even Isaac Newton read, and I was told to keep the box of materials a secret. It's full of lessons that focused on using the mind to help us in all areas of our life, including our health, and it's not far off from the Silva mind control method that we covered thoroughly this year. Understanding the levels of consciousness was taught in the introduction to this program, and as we progressed into month three of the course, auto-suggestion in the subconscious mind was covered, showing again just how far back these concepts go. So moving forward, I'm hoping that science will reveal some answers to why certain practices from years past yield such noticeable results. And I'd like to keep these practices less of a secret for anyone to use for themselves or for the benefit of others. Just keep an open mind here and follow along with the images in the show notes that I'll use to explain the importance of understanding our conscious and our subconscious mind as it relates to who we are, and then how we can use this understanding to put our goals on autopilot, creating results that will truly boggle our minds i got to say, I'm sorry the notes are written a bit messy. I did write them years ago, and I didn't think I'd ever be sharing them years later. But you'll get the idea. And as we move forward, you might notice this understanding might be something you already know or you've heard of before. But until you can explain it to someone else, it warrants a review. So if you stay with me here, I can guarantee that the application of this understanding has the potential to shift your life in ways you'll never believe. And I've been working with these ideas since those early days 25 years ago when I first watched 12 teenagers skyrocket their results with this understanding, and I still pick up something new each time I look at this. When I first saw these concepts yielding results after a relatively short period of time with those teens, it literally knocked the breath out of me. Something I've come to notice when I can see someone about to achieve those quantum leaps with their results. It's impossible to look away, and I know it's magical. And I first saw it back in the late 90s with Youth Mentor International. It all started back in the late 90s when I worked with Bob Proctor on a program for teens. And this is a program I helped Proctor to create and deliver, and it covered the understanding of our subconscious mind and how to put our goals on autopilot for teens that would study it around the world. And the results of this program with these 12 teens that started out was absolutely astounding. And you can review the interview I did with Bob Proctor on episode 66, where we reminisced about our time working together, shocked that it was close to 25 years ago, revisiting the results that we saw with those teens, And you can see an image of where the program began with cassette tapes covering these foundational topics years before we could stream content around the world via podcasting or video. As I started to write this episode, going back to the basics, I knew I had to go back and look at these tapes. If you notice the title of the program, it was called The Fundamentals. This is what we taught all kids ages 10 and up around the world each week. The Fundamentals of Life. Tape 1 was called Building an Emotional Appeal of a Future Promise, and this is where we helped the kids to see the power of visualization and building their future on the screen of their minds. Tape 2 was called We Think in Pictures, which took our visualization skills to that next step, honing in on a detailed picture of our goals and dreams. Tape 3, we covered the conscious mind and the senses, Showing the kids that there was a world beyond their five senses, or the importance of being aware of the unseen world. Tape four, we covered the subconscious mind and the body that took students into the lesson that I'm going to share with you today, or diving into that 90% of that part of us that remains underwater in that iceberg photo. Tape five, we covered the faculties of the mind that we'll cover next week on our next episode. And tape six reviewed and applied the fundamentals. Now, after watching the success of those teens all those years ago, I put my hat here and decided to keep looking for what else could possibly take our understanding of who we are to greater heights. This program had such potential, but it fell apart after September 11th. And I tried to carry the torch forward, but I learned quickly from educators along the way, like you could see when I reconnected with Jeff Kleck from episode 246. He was the one who changed the direction I would take with this material in our schools, leading me to focus less on the spiritual side and lean more on the science side or how the brain impacts our learning. I know connecting the science to these concepts is integral. So my focus now has moved to watching and learning from all those leading experts in science to bring credibility to the ideas I saw working with those young students all those years ago. So let's start with understanding and using the subconscious mind. The key is to understand how our mind works and that it's separate from our brain. When we figure this out, it's like all the pieces of the puzzle start to fit. Can you imagine putting a puzzle together without the lid or the picture of the completed puzzle? That's almost like what we're doing when we're living life without a picture of our mind and how we could use it. How do we better understand the part of us that exists underwater in that iceberg image? I don't know about you, but I'd rather be in control of this ship called life than let it drift aimlessly at sea. And it all begins with a review of the subconscious mind. If you listen to our Think and Grow Rich book study, that was episode 195, you'll remember when Napoleon Hill reminded us that the subconscious mind works day and night and that you can't entirely control your subconscious mind, but you can voluntarily hand over to it any plan, desire, or purpose you wish to be transformed into concrete form. He suggested that we go back to chapter four on auto-suggestion and read this chapter again to become familiar with how to make use of this part of our mind that remains hidden to our eyes, but holds the power to move us to greater heights. So how do we raise our levels of awareness? It's by understanding the conscious and subconscious mind and how it interacts with our body and our results. So let's go to image one. This is a concept I wrote about with permission from Bob Proctor in my first book, The Secret for Teens Revealed. The concept you see in this image of the mind and body actually originated from the late Dr. Thurman Fleet from San Antonio, Texas, around 1934. And Dr. Fleet was the founder of concept theory. Bob Proctor was taught this concept from a child psychiatrist from Florida named Dr. John Mike who transformed millions of others around the world with this understanding. And it was this concept that also transformed the results of those teenagers all those years ago who learned how important it was to understand that we think in pictures. And it all started with this image. And if you look at the image, imagine the conscious mind as the top part of your head, and the subconscious as the bottom. Attached to the conscious part of your mind is our five senses – or what we can see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. This idea teaches us to look beyond our five senses and begin to develop our higher faculties of our mind that go far beyond our senses by using our reason, our intuition, our perception, will, our memory, and our imagination. While working with students with this material, I became very interested in helping them to expand their thinking and even created a video program that teaches these concepts to kids. You can find it on the Udemy platform today. It's called The Secret for Teens Revealed, a 10-Step Blueprint. Another way to think about all of this is that David Eagleman reminded us that our conscious mind, the part you think of as you, is really the smallest part of what's happening in your brain. So to develop the largest part of our brain would be to learn what's happening in the depths of our subconscious mind. The conscious mind is important as it will be the part of our mind that holds our willpower and our ability to think. Let's look at image two. This shows us the importance of auto-suggestion that Napoleon Hill covered in chapter four of Think and Grow Rich. And if you look at my diagram here, it shows that we can change our results in life by changing what we think about. And you can see that I've written in the conscious mind, we can think. What we actually think about will change our self-image or the image that we see of ourselves. You can actually change yourself by thinking or repeating something with emotion, which explains why affirmations repeated over time can change your self-image when they're repeated with emotion. But remember, this process takes time. Since we think with our conscious mind, we can then use the power of our subconscious mind to work for us rather than against us and build ourselves into a new, improved version of ourselves, which creates belief. And this part of the mind accepts whatever we give it, our subconscious mind. We can build pictures in our conscious mind and then throw it over to our subconscious mind. And these are the images that we create that express and come out in our results. So essentially what we're doing, we build pictures in our conscious mind, and then we throw them over to our subconscious mind with emotion. And those images that we create become expressed in our body through action and change our results. They also change the conditions of your life, your circumstances, and your environment. And we can put this concept all together by image three by showing how we bring order to our mind by using these three parts of our mind in unison. If you go over to image three, you can see how all three parts of the mind work together. First, your conscious thinking mind. Once we can see how these three parts of our minds work together, this brings order to our mind for guaranteed results. With time, you can learn how to use your conscious mind to think clearly and build the picture of what you really want. And remember, what you think about really does show up on the outside. And in this diagram I'd written that if I'm ever embarrassed, your body can respond to that thought in a physical way by blushing. And we've covered how to read the emotions in others, and that's something we can easily learn to do. Let's look at the second part of our mind, the subconscious, which is also the emotional mind. And with practice, you'll see that whatever you turn over to your subconscious mind with emotion added, over time can change your results with this idea of auto-suggestion. And this is why Napoleon Hill says we've got to read our goals out loud every day for this process to occur. But wait a minute, you say. What if there's something I want, and I'm doing everything you're saying? You know, I put the picture in my head, I've added emotion, and nothing's happening. I still don't have that thing that I want. And we'll cover this more later, but it goes back to understanding our paradigms the control who we are. There's lots to say here, so we just have to keep studying, revealing more and more about ourselves along the way. If you really can see yourself with great results, and these results aren't happening, there's still more work to be done. And remember, there's nothing wrong with you, but we're just peeling back the layers of our subconscious mind that might need more work. Moving into the third part of our mind, it's when our results are expressed through our body. When you hold something on the screen of your mind consistently over a period of time, you'll eventually see the results that change your conditions, your circumstances, and environment, which is the third part of this image, taking our results into form. And we've talked about this process often on the podcast, especially with people we've interviewed who've transformed their lives over the years, like Ryan O'Neill from episode 203. Over time, we can train our subconscious mind to work for us, putting our results on autopilot. And these results change who we are over time. So how do we activate our subconscious mind and increase our levels of awareness? The first step in this process is to go back over the three parts of the mind and see if you can explain this picture of the mind and how it operates to someone else. Once you can see how the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and the body all work together to achieve outstanding results, and you can share this understanding with someone else who can see what you see, then you're on the right track. And you should now be able to use this concept in your own life, as well as help others to do the same. You've just got to do the work to strengthen your mind, and there's more we'll cover next week. But for now, let's begin with these six steps to increase your levels of awareness, unleashing the power of your subconscious mind. Step 1. Learn to think in pictures. Learn to visualize. This was one of the first skills that we taught those teens when they were beginning to set their goals, and it's a skill I'm still working on improving. Jose Silva's program is the best I've ever seen for improving your ability to visualize. If you struggle with seeing an image on the screen of your mind, just start slowly with pieces of fruit like an apple or a lemon, and with time you'll notice you'll begin to see more. Step two, start to meditate and keep developing this practice. This one will always be at the top of the list as a daily meditation practice will help you to access parts of your mind you might not be aware of. Jose Silva's program took this practice to the next level for me, and it's what I work on daily now. I also love Dan Siegel's Will of Awareness Meditation. There's no right or wrong place to begin here. Just start with something you feel connected to and stay open-minded to trying something new to expand your levels of awareness and still, quiet thought. Next, dream. And not everyone will say their dreams can open up their mind to new thoughts and ideas, but they do for me. If you want to improve this area, make sure you're getting enough REM sleep each night and see if you can remember what you've dreamt about. Write down your dreams and see if there's anything you can learn from them. It might not happen overnight. But if you can be consistent here, you'll gain incredible insight from the time that your conscious mind goes to sleep and your unconscious mind soars. Step four is to set goals. Now, there is an activity I would do with the teens that I worked with, and it was called the 101 Goal List. And I remember I learned this from the Chicken Soup for the Soul author, Mark Victor Hansen. And I think he learned it from a teenager. The idea is that you sit down and you write out 101 things that you want to be or do or have in your life. And it doesn't have to be material things, but it could also be experiences that you want to have or places you'd like to visit. I remember doing this activity for the first time and I was sitting in an airport. After the first 25 things that I had in the top of my head, I couldn't think of any more. The idea is that if you can keep going, You'll begin to tap into your subconscious mind and begin writing things that you might not be consciously aware of. I still have that original list that has somewhere around number 50 that I'd like to swim with sharks. And I have no idea where this thought came from. It's not something I've ever consciously thought about. So just try this activity and see if you can push past where you get stuck to learn and discover something new about yourself. Step five is to read your goals out loud. And this one really works, and it might be why saying our affirmations out loud works over time. There is a power that comes from reading what you want out loud. Just try it. It will feel weird in the beginning until you switch and begin to own what you're saying. Over time, you'll start to believe what you read every day. And when the belief is there, watch what happens with your goals. And finally, number six Be open to learning from others. This one goes without saying, and of course, if you're listening to this podcast, you'll be open to learning from others. But would you purchase a ticket to go and hear someone speak, or jump on a plane and fly somewhere to meet someone you know you could learn from? Proctor used to do this all the time, and I loved hearing his stories of when he would sit in the back of a room and listen to people speaking that he wanted to learn from. These were always life-changing connections, and if you've ever experienced this, you'll agree with me that they're well worth the time and the effort. If there's something you're working on and you're stuck in some way, you'll be able to easily put the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle together with the power that comes from two or more minds at work. So to review and conclude this episode number 291, on unleashing the power of our subconscious mind we reviewed our vision for this podcast where we began and where we'd like to go over the next 10 seasons we picked up where we left off the end of may with neuroscientist david eagleman's work urging us to look closer at the subconscious mind since it controls 90 percent of who we truly are we reviewed the history of the subconscious mind and why this concept is a foundational step for us in this process of learning who we are. We looked at six steps for expanding our levels of consciousness by diving deeper into developing our subconscious mind. Now this is just the beginning. Next week, we'll look at the faculties of the mind versus the five senses to expand our levels of awareness even more. But until then, think about this quote from James Allen who wrote the book, Has a Man Thinketh? He said, Mind is the master power that molds and makes, and man is mind, and evermore he takes the tool of thought and shapes what he wills. Bring forth a thousand joys, a thousand ills. He thinks in secret and it comes to pass. Environment is but his looking glass. The goal here is to understand how our mind works so we can get our thoughts, our feelings, and actions lined up. That's integrity, and not everyone has it. When you can line up how you think, feel, and act, the magic happens. What we think on a daily basis really matters for where we're going. And if the aha moments haven't happened yet, or nothing outstanding seems to jump out at you, come back next week and I'll add some more with the goal of helping all of us to expand our levels of awareness by seeing this marvelous power that's held within the depths of our subconscious mind. I'll see you next week.